Leadership is the most challenging of human endeavors. It is often misunderstood. It can be wild or mystify and frustrate even the most dedicated practitioners. Leaders at all levels are often forced to use theoretical guesswork to make decisions and lead their troops. It doesn't have to be that way. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Footwork. I'm Dylan. And I'm Sean. And each week we're bringing stories and tips from around the globe as we dive into our journey abroad. Aligning what it takes to follow our dream and hopefully yours, even if it's not soccer. So Sean V. Gates, man, I, I, I just want the people to know that if you edit it out, because it's Sean's turn to edit this one. If that gets edited out, it took Sean literally five tries to read to read three sentences. Um, four, midway five, through he goes no five. let's bag it let's bag it let's bag it five yeah yeah they were we were close to uh stopping stopping that little intro there from leadership strategy and tactics from Jocko Willink as you can see here to my right in our new edited studio which is still under construction but this is a temporary one Dylan I see you got a I like nice it. studio I like going it. on here yeah I, um, I graduated into um this is the Roma Academy you couldn't guess what team this was this was Roma I see that you um, says AS Roma there, which I didn't even see. Yeah, better luck next time. I see that I see that you're starting to do some stand up though. Um, at the right. uh, the at the Haida um Northern Germany Comedy Club. Yeah, here we are, deep in the woods, <laughs> Germany. <laughs> Welcome to Four Comedy Club. Oh, um, but yeah, so here we are. What's up? We're, Where are we at? What's our update? What's our update? Our update is uh, currently today is March 24th, uh, Wednesday, March 24th. And we are, we are waiting oddly specific. Well, it, it is pretty, it needs to be specific because there are certain meetings that will be taking place. I think the next one is on the 28th Lovely. or April 1st. Um, but it's not looking good. looks like the season's going to be bagged. Mm. Um, but we'll see. We were able to train. We uh, do a COVID test every other day, every other training. Uh, same for you guys. Dylan's team got the uh, the nice label as pros, so they're allowed to have contact during training. Um, so unfortunately, nice. for him, it's great. For me, it's it's not that great because it's just you know shooting drills, passing, which is good, but it does get boring after a while. There's um, nothing like a good old fashioned spy comp, yeah. Exactly, which you guys. Definitely saw plenty of that in the promo video for this episode. I mean, yeah. who doesn't who doesn't love a hard rap beat and a nice tackle? I mean, come That's on. That's what footwork does. We That's do pretty much no podcasts do. and promo videos that may or may not make any sense. But the videos are cool. That's but the, the videos most, are cool. That's the most and, important part. Yeah, absolutely. So Sean and I coming from New York, we're huge jaywalkers. It's in our blood. Like you can't take the jaywalker out of a New Yorker. You really can't. So I'm coming home from training. This is like a few weeks ago, but we haven't had time to share these amazing German stories. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm deep far away, so I can see what's going on, like many, many, many yards in front of me. And I see that this guy crosses the road, right? It's late at night. And he crosses the road. There's no one there. I guess he realizes that um, he wasn't supposed to cross. He's like looking at his phone for directions. So there's no one there, but the, but the walking sign isn't green yet. So he waits, clicks for it and waits and he waits and he waits and there's still no one there. So then he goes, finally it's green, goes back. 
And then I see like, I'm getting, I'm like really close to him now. And I can see he's like, like, damn it. Like didn't go the right way again. No car still just me on my bike. I'm literally the only person around for a mile. And then he waits again for it to go green. Can you imagine the time? Different, different world. <laughs> Rules are rules. People, people ask me, like, what are some of the cultural differences? And I would say, especially in northern Germany, they are rule followers. Law they are citizens. rule followers to the T. Law-abiding citizens. And the only time they wear a color is when it's dark out so that they have the reflectors on. Yeah. That's the only time that Germans wear color. Otherwise, it's beige That's and black. A very good point. <laughs> I'm just kidding, all my German people, but I think uh, we can we seriously. can find that funny. Uh, what are we talking about today? Let's get off. I don't what know are what doing? are we what are we talking about today. So we're talking about leadership. It's been a long time coming. We've obviously touched mm. on it in many many episodes, numerous episodes. Point. Yeah. Um, episode with Jamal, we we you know spoke about his leadership role, and yeah, he he talks about it quite quite a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we need to dedicate an episode to it because there's so much to it. Uh, and even yeah, one let's episode dive a little is deeper. not enough. Yeah. But why don't we start off right away? There are seven, seven. seven different depending on Depending on who you ask, but yeah, right. seven. This is off this particular link article that we read. So Dylan, go <laughs> ahead, read these off. All right, so first one, we got autocratic. So autocratic leadership, basically that's do as I say. Do as I say. Then we got authoritative, which is kind of similar, but it's follow me and I'll explain why, like why I'm right and why we do it my way. Mm-hmm. Then we got pace setting, which is lead by example. Um, and this is like all factions of that. So we'll, we'll touch maybe a little bit more on this, but think Michael Jordan, for those of you who saw the last dance. Um, then we have democratic, which is, I mean, kind of in the name, what do you think? you know, get what you want done, but, but it's the group that kind of comes up with it. So you do what you want done, but they do how like they want to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that right. Am I? It's, it's more like you're, you're giving them control of the plan. So there's an, so it's your your goal, but you're giving them how to get to that goal or they're coming up with how to get to that goal. This is what we got. This is where we got, we have to get to, but like, You and the team figure out how to get there. Yeah. Okay, Some, cool. Something as simple as that. Then we got coaching, which is consider this and think coaches. The main idea is you're trying to unlock potential. Mm-hmm. Then we have affiliative. That's the people come first. So that's real buddy-buddy, encouraging harmony and collaborative relationships. And then we have the classic uh, laissez-faire, which is that hands-off approach. Mm-hmm. So those are our, those are the seven main ones, I think, you know, not just our particular article that um, we won't we will not source on this because maybe we came up with these by ourselves but we didn't but this is the seven this is the seven main ones this is the what you know you'll find yeah so there we go there's seven styles of leadership Um, obviously those are things that you've probably seen before you've witnessed in bosses uh, captains of teams uh, any type Mm -hmm. of leadership role maybe in school um and obviously, with all of these, there are good and bad leaders. Um, yeah, and, 100%. And I think from both of us, we can definitely say that we've learned good and bad things from all the above. So coaches, bosses, captains, um, et cetera, you can kind of go throughout life. And there's always things, even parents are really your first leaders. Teachers. 
yeah. uh, teachers that you can learn from and take the good and mm. the bad from them. So I think it is important to understand that there isn't one good type of leadership. There's not one bad type of leadership, even the ones that sound bad, there's time and a place for it. Right. So I think, I think it's, it, it should be like, we take bits and pieces from this, but Sean, just asking you, you were a captain at Oneonta. Um, I don't think you were a captain in Mongolia. Maybe that would have been a little tough with the language difference, but I've actually heard from guys on your team that they think that you should be captain here in Germany, which as a foreigner is like, you know, even just people talking about that, that you could be in that conversation, you know, is, is signs of a good leader. So what would you say that maybe you kind of lean towards mm -hmm. or which ones do you think you try and emulate a little more than others? Sure. And maybe, you know, some examples of when you, when you use these as in, in, in training or in games or, you know, off right, the field, right. like. So, I mean, I think, I think the first, the first one you could start off with um, that, like I've kind of done my whole life is like just the pace setting style. So lead by example. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like we can we're going to get into the fundamental rules later on from from Jocko's book, but it's basically like. I'm going to be the hardest worker on the team and there's no job underneath me and I'm but, but because I'm going to be the hardest worker and I'm just safe in, in, in soccer stands, I'm going to be the fittest on the team, every fitness thing I'm going to beat you like at Oneonta on the fitness challenge is like the first run senior year, I wasn't just going to win this three mile run we did. But I was gonna win by like over a minute. Man's man's took so, off, and it I did take off. We all waved goodbye. <laughs> but but the point is like because I'm I'm gonna show you that I'm working my hardest, and I'm gonna be mm -hmm. the first in these things. That mm -hmm. I then expect this from you, and you can understand why I expect this. And why do I expect yeah. this? Because I don't mm -hmm. want when it comes to the 80th minute that you're tired, so you lack the concentration, and then you make a mistake that causes us to lose. Like this is yeah. for the team. This is for the best of the team. And in order to win, we want to win. We want to be successful as a team. And I believe mm -hmm. that this is like the just most basic fundamental thing. Everyone can control this. It's the simplest thing. It's not easy, but it is simple. And it's totally in your control to just simply work hard so that like the, the rest of the things come easily or easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's probably like my foundation. And a lot of these mm -hmm. other things I've, I've learned a lot from reading books or seeing people like the democratic type leadership. Now, like would, before, before we go any further though, and I, I kind of want to stay on this pace setting before we get into democratic. So mm -hmm. I just, you know, like pace setting, would you say it's like a, like a, are you just doing it and they're following it? Or are you trying to like, are you being vocal about it? Like do as I do, you know, like, mm -hmm. like, so I, it's, you know, it's, it's a combination of both. There's times where you don't need to, you don't need to say anything, mm -hmm. right? You don't want to, you don't want to just talk your way. Um, I was just listening to a podcast and it was a great, it was like, you have capital as a leadership. So imagine your leadership, you have just like that you have a bank account, right? And every time you speak or give demands, you're withdrawing money from your account, right? And you're, you're eventually, if you just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, people don't want to listen. But mm. if you don't say, you don't say a lot, you say the right things at the right moments, but the rest of the mm -hmm. time you kind of just show like, this is what I expect from you. But when you speak, yeah. you're going to have more attention and they're going to listen more. Right. So that you, yeah. you, you, well, we all know those people that just yell and yell and yell. I mean, we were on a team yeah. together. The same yeah. thing. All they do yeah. is yell and you just tune them out. 
You don't listen. Yeah. Hundred percent. Like at, you just keep yelling, and it's not. Sometimes it's right, sometimes it's wrong, but it's because the quantity of how much you're yelling that that like I no one wants to listen to you. Um, yeah. So I think it's setting setting the bar very high and seeing where this is my standard and I want you guys to be with me, but then encouraging yeah. people to get there. Yeah. It's yeah. Not always like just putting people down, but it's like I want you to push your your levels here. I just want you to raise it up a little bit. And then when you get there, I'm going to push you even farther. I feel like pace setting is very driven, like for it's very result driven. So you're really thinking of like, like how you can get there and trying to bring the best out of people. But maybe this isn't the best for certain types of followers because it can, I mean, just when I said before MJ, it can create a high stressful environment now yeah that kind of worked for them they won seven championships but you know has there ever been a time where you kind of felt like all right maybe this one won't work for this kind of group of people because they're not seeing it for what i'm trying to you know accomplish right i mean there there's people at our time at oneonta or other teams we've been on where it's like me trying to push this person as the whole group can hear it is not going to work like maybe me speaking to this person just on the side, like just a casual conversation mm. and I'd maybe bring something up is a better way. Mm. Because if I announce it to the group, like Dylan, you're slacking, pick it up. Your ego is just going to immediately flare up and you're not going to listen to me. Now it's like, I, I don't like this guy. I'm not listening to him. Whereas yeah. if I just say it to you privately, it's not, I'm not attacking you, but it's yeah. like, I truly care for you and I truly want you to do best. And I know that you can maybe help the team if you can, advance whatever this skill is or you're you're not fit enough or you're you're not eating right it's like i it's not i'm trying to attack you and embarrass you in front of everyone and i just want to win as a team but i truly care about your performance and care that you should be i know that you're going to help us so it's not it's not like i'm talking to be heard and just announce to everyone like oh i'm the leader you need to listen to me but it's Mm -hmm. like i really care about you and like i see something that maybe you're lacking which i think you definitely could improve. And that's why I'm telling you. I feel like you're, you're incorporating coaching a lot into this. Sure, so there's sure. that area of coaching where you feel like you can unlock someone's potential based on what makes them tick. Right. Like we had guys and we had guys in Oneonta and we had guys on Meyendorf. I've had, you know, where you just know that like they can kind of flip in a second. So right. what you want to do is like, as soon as they get on the ball and they do something well, like keep feeding them, you know, right. keep hyping them up because, that's like when their potential is like completely unlocked right is when they feel when they feel like they are you know well good so Mm -hmm. when their ego is stroked a little bit and then they feel like they're helping the team and you know you just keep feeding that i think that's a huge one yeah for sure and then i mean and then then you feed off that right the rest of the team will feed off it usually the i mean for the few examples that we know that were on our teams it's like they're not they're not really going to say much but when they have their ego when they're you when you're pumping their ego and they're playing well and you keep giving them the ball now all of a sudden they're the one clapping and motivating everyone else yeah yeah it yeah. just rises it raises the level of the entire team but you need mm-hmm. to pick the moments and yeah. it's the you can't speak to to everyone the same and i think that's as as i continue to learn and grow more like that's that's a key to it all it's just understanding who you're speaking to and understanding which style of leadership is going to work best for them hundred percent. I think I, I really like what you said there is like picking your moments. I think that's a very big thing that leaders have to deal with is because 
you know, if you pick the wrong moment and you say the wrong thing to the wrong guy, you know, just not really understanding who he is and what makes him tick. Right. You know, you can really lose him like as a soldier and right. he will like when, even when you know that you're right, he's not going to follow you. Right. So it's really important. I think kind of diving into some things that your brother Nick said is like knowing who you're leading. Right. Un you exactly. Know, like, understanding and understanding what makes them tick being empathetic. This like, right. We talked about this is like the emotional intelligence, just having that empathy and like it, it could be, you know, getting to know the person, their background, you know, yes. who, what figures did they have in their life that led them before? Like, you know, I mean, there could be many things, right. you know, but it's, I mean, it's finding out what makes them tick. And I think a very big thing of this is like practicing it. So using yes. training as a time when you can really experiment yes. what makes him click. Like, am I going to get into this guy? Like right in front of everyone, is that going to like get him pissed off and he's going to play the best? Right. Or am I going to lay off, go talk to him on the side and be like, look, man, this isn't good enough. Or am I going to ignore the bad things and hype up the good things? You know, like I think training is a very, very opportune time for you to get yes. to know what makes your players the best. Or, right. I mean, in a, in a work setting, you know, when the pressure is off, it's the same yeah. idea is like exactly. just getting to know these people when the pressure is off and what makes them perform better and give you better results and make right. you more money. I mean, Jocko put it this way. It's not the exact words, but like, what is leadership? Leadership is building relationships. And 100%. by building relationships up, down the chain of command, left, right allows mm -hmm. for effective communication and what does effective mm -hmm. communication then provide it the team will thrive because of it yeah so like, 100%. You said, like you said using training and like this is something i've learned for sure especially coming abroad i think in college i definitely could have done this better is like really getting to know someone and just talking to them like while you warm up you know when you're running around the field you know doing a few laps or you just whatever type of warm up, just run run, run next to them Talk about, oh, what'd you do today? Oh, what do you do? And just get to know them a little more. And then you can realize, oh, this person is, you know, I think maybe this style of leadership might work best with this person, right? And now also they understand you more. So they understand me where I'm coming from. Or maybe mm -hmm. they didn't, I've never spoken to them, so they don't know about me. I mean, so many times I've been on a team since, since starting this journey. And it's like, wow, I really haven't spoken to this person in eight months. Like we talk on the field, like basic commands, but like I've never spoken to him one-on-one. -on -one. A lot of it too is because like in the beginning, my, my German wasn't good enough and I couldn't really speak to them. They weren't confident in their English or I wasn't confident enough to just ask them to speak English with me. But yeah. like I couldn't get to know them. Yeah. And you have to almost seek that out because they're yeah. not going to come to you. Like that's not an, it's not, everyone's not willing to just, Oh, there's a new person. I'm gonna go talk to him and find out everything about his life. Like some people, mm -hmm. first off, won't even open up to you. But like building these relationships, I believe, then allows you to, or allows the team in general to be more successful, because now you're tighter. I think that at Oneonta, that was the reason we were so successful, is because we were such a tight knit group and we had great relationships with each other. That yeah, hundred percent. It, it was just like I know him inside and out, and is this is business? Like we're here to win. Yeah. And I yeah. know what makes him tick. And like, mm -hmm. this is what we can do. But I think at Oneonta where I failed is like the people that aren't involved. 
like you have all the, you know, a lot of freshmen and sophomores that aren't playing as much. And I could have probably did a better job to get to know them because then it's like the mm-hmm. whole team encompassing, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. we spend time at a night out, but it's like, how often am I really hanging out with them and talking to them? They're sure a group of kids, but it's not everyone. Yeah. And I think sometimes you lose them because of that. They're like, they feel like they're outside of the group and no one's really extending themselves to bring them in. And I think that's how you can lose a player. And then, for example, we start losing. Who is the first person who's going to start bitching and maybe making turmoil in the group? It's going to be that person because they don't feel part of the group. So I have nothing to lose. I'm not playing. And then they might start, you know, bringing the team down. Yeah. I think kind of to go off what you said, I think, and even to add extreme ownership into this, is that it really does fall on the captain's shoulders, especially like in, in sports where it's you who has to form these relationships. Cause like you said, a little freshman comes in, you know, he's trying not to, you know, step on anyone's toes. So you have to be the one that reaches out to them. You don't have to be people's best friends, but set aside a little moment to talk to them, you know, pick them in one of the drills to do, to do like partner work. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all about having, like, I think, especially in the business world is having that, that person that you can kind of learn from. And it's like a mentor, you know? Right. And I think every, especially young athlete, young worker needs someone that they can kind kind of either go to if they, if they need to talk or, you know, just someone to look up to and to emulate. So like one thing I'll say about Sean is with the pace setting is that you just knew is even obviously in training, he was going to give it at all and all these fitness tests and stuff, but you knew hundred percent on the field that this dude was going to go to battle. Like you knew that Sean was going to go to war. So everyone, no matter what, you know, I think some guys may have been a little, I don't know if threatens the right word, but put off that you were so serious at times. And I, I think it's like an ego thing and I could have taken a step back. So this is an example with those people that bridging the gap though, isn't it? It's like, it's bridging the gap where you don't want to lose. You don't want to lose your seriousness because it helps you become the player. You are the warrior that you are on the field with like, there's a number of players I can think of. I could have done instead of I'm trying to pull them in the right direction where I think is, is the best is, was, will help the team Mm -hmm. the most. Mm-hmm. But instead of I can, I could have gone about it a different way. So for example, just communicating with them off the field and we get to know each other. And then they finally understand where I'm coming from and why, yeah. like why I'm not drinking during the season, like mm-hmm. understand this isn't just like, Oh, I'm, I'm better than you guys. Like I'm taking it more serious, but it's like, no, I think that this will help the team the most. It's not yeah. just for me. Like this is for, yeah. we want to win a national championship. This is what we've been mm-hmm. striving for for four years. And this is why I'm like acting this way. And it's not an attack on you, but I think at times it did come off as that. And I lost those people Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think it's, it comes down to the decision-making of a captain that has to be like, if I try and convince this guy that my way is the right way, is he going to do it anyway? Right. What what is going to be gained? What is going to be gained? But if you, if I go to a guy and I try and convince him to do a dry season, if he's never going to do a dry season anyway, did I just lose him because I didn't find that common ground with him? And I asked him something that was completely out of his character. Right. You know, these are like, this is like the kind of bridge that you have to, to make and, and find it's really just like, there's a collaboration in it is like given is a little bit of give and take. And I think the captain has to be very, 
strategic mm-hmm. in how he goes about things. It's a tough, it's, I mean, it's a tough job. Yeah. And it kind of, and this is any, any leader in any position. It's like, when, when do you speak up and mm-hmm. when do you say something? Yeah. Like going back to the leadership capital, like you can only talk so much and demand so much of your subordinates. Like yeah. at, at some point, you will just push someone too far in one direction that now that now you've lost them. And that person exactly. can yeah. go on to then bring the yeah. group down. Yeah. And it's your yeah. fault as a leader because you lost the individual in the first place. And if you had better or better relationship with this person or more effective communication, or it's sometimes not saying anything is the best form of communication. Right. Like at Oneonta, I thought for me, I was most proud of all of us. So you were Captain Jared. Um, is that we we kept things internal like burn didn't have to deal with a lot because as i mean you were a captain what as a sophomore a sophomore three-year captain it's like by the time we became we were seniors i think so either way so sophomore junior like by the time we were senior we were four-year players at the school our fourth year like very few things had to go all the way up the chain of command to burn to deal with like there's no reason he has to deal with there was many things that we had to deal with as, as with other teammates, but it's like, he doesn't need to deal with this. Like, we're not going to, we're going to, we're not going to snitch on you, but like this, this has to, you got to take care of this. Like this is yeah. acceptable and you're going to harm the team by doing what you're doing. So like yeah, sort and- yourself out. This doesn't have to go anywhere. It stays in the locker room, but like, mm-hmm. this is unacceptable. I mean, there's one example. I'm not, we won't go into the details, but me and you know exactly what this is. And only oh, people sure. will know this one too. But it was basically an incident where we said, look, guys, like you have to do this right now or like we're going to handle this shit a different way. So you can do this and you can be men about it and you can grow up and follow the rules that we've set. Or at that point, it's like it's 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 kind of like there's a bit of laissez faire involved in being a captain. But then at some point when the laissez faire and when they keep like keep breaking a rule or keep breaking a team rule yeah like we're gonna keep this shit internal until it can't be internal right because once it can't once you are infecting the group and you are causing there to be something that can totally you know ruin a season right then then we have to do what we have to do to because at the end of the day like you said our goal is for the group it's right. not for one person. It's not for one person's glory. It's not just to protect one person. It's protect the group. So get on the same page. But yeah, yeah. oh man. I kind of wish we could tell that story, but we can't. I mean, and, but the, it's like the autocratic style of leadership in that case was 100% necessary. So we, we spoke about this individually with these, with these players, tried to get them to sort it out. And then at some point, it was going to jeopardize the entire team and they no longer were they they no longer had the ability to make the right decision on their own and the time there was no more time to wait like, so this is so this is what we're saying is that autocratic which again to to come back to it is the do as i say um kind of dictatorship ish if you want right. to lead it to that that's the closest one it resembles so you're right. saying at a at certain times this is absolutely necessary 100 percent necessary like so the timing, the timing is key. So for example, I'm trying to think of another example other than this that I could explain. It's like, well, I'm, you, I'm thinking so, you, I'm so thinking, you, go ahead. 
you you allow you allow them to see what you're seeing. If they mm-hmm. don't understand what you see, and you just say do as I say, there's a very high high probability that they're not going to do what you say, and then or they're going to be angry at your decision. But that's more authoritative because you're explaining why. Okay, autocratic but, is like there is no explanation. But it's, no, it's but, do this way. But because it's so evident that like this is a danger it's in this case a danger to the team and we've mm. already spoken to him maybe about this thing also the autocratic style is when there is like a vacuum or a void where like it's clear this has this has to be done or like something terrible is going to happen that you have time to sensitive i think autocratic if something is time sensitive time. autocratic is 100 percent necessary it's all about it's all about timing yeah I think, yeah, I think that's, that's what it comes down to. It's all about timing with order. Do as I say, because mm-hmm. if you use that in the wrong moments, then you just will lose people and people will lack it's, the respect of you. It's, it's high risk and it can be high reward, not always. Right. But yeah, you have to pick and choose this. Like if Sean's my center back and he's our captain and he sees a pattern that's going on in our play where we're just getting exposed in the middle, you know, where... Their, their, their sixth, their center defensive mid is just getting on the ball every single time and spraying it, and we have no answer for it. You know, if a coach isn't saying anything, if nothing like this, Sean could take upon himself, say, I'm going autocratic because I see this. I'm confident. I know this is right, and this is time-sensitive because we can't let up a goal right now. Let right. me slide in one of the forwards back a little bit to pick up the six, mm-hmm. and we'll sit in for a little bit and absorb this pressure. Right. This right. is like, this is, it's time sensitive one. Hopefully Sean has built up a reputation where people know he understands the game and he's not doing this all the time, but when it's necessary and maybe he's done it before and people kind of believe in the results that have come from it, but this is time sensitive. And I think that's a very appropriate time to do autocratic and you don't, sure. you do have no time to explain why really. No. Yeah. Like right. it's slide back in. We need to, I mean, maybe a, a one sentence slide back in Dylan. We need to absorb this pressure. Mm-hmm. See this, see this wave out, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, totally right. I think that style of leadership is super time sensitive and, and you need to pick and choose when you're going to use it. Yeah. Um, because if you just do as if you're just going to be a dictator, like you, I mean, history shows that doesn't work. It works for a what? period. <laughs> It works for a period of time, but eventually you lose everyone. And the, 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 the ending of that is always horrible. It never works out in the end. Because I will say, go ahead, go ahead. sorry. No, no, go ahead. I would say just that autocratic is much more difficult when you are doing it with people who are at the same skill level as you. Sure, sure. Because it is harder for, for people to see why, why does he, he doesn't know more than me. Why is this way right? Right, right. So I think that's when the time sensitive can kind of weigh that out because sometimes people are looking for that leadership, Mm -hmm. but in areas where you have the same skill level, which many of us do in football, just saying my way, my way, my way, Right. even a coach, you know, like players, a lot of the times have a very good understanding. I'm a coach probably has better, more experience and Mm -hmm. has better abilities to portray that to his, to his, you know, to his players. But if you're not on, if you're on the same skill level, I'm looking at you like, like, why? Like, why? It comes back to ego, a lot of these things, but why? I mean, but it's like to say with a coach, like, 
if you over over a period of time you don't feel that the coach really knows what they're talking about it's like i don't really agree with what you say and mm-hmm. over the past six months i i didn't agree with what you said but i'm gonna do it anyway and perform to my best of ability but at some point it's like uh like i disagree with this i think we should do it this way and you hope mm-hmm. that you could build a relationship up until this point where you're the leader or the coach at this time will maybe listen. But if yeah. I just, if you just came in, say you come into a new team, you think the coach doesn't know what he's talking about and you just speak up right away. Well, mm-hmm. that that's just a recipe for disaster. That's not going to work. So coach, obviously he's having coaching. So he's trying to unlock potential, mm-hmm. but a coach, a lot of the times is also focused on results. So, I mean, I know both of us with burn, we kind of, sometimes we'd be in his office and he would listen to us. Mm-hmm. Not always, because, you know, if you, if you are constantly listening to people under you, then that's completely laissez-faire. Right. 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 Which I don't think can happen in, in any type of team for long. Mm-hmm. Is there any, is there any time where you think laissez-faire in a team setting works? Yes. I think, I think that works. This is kind of like, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting the word again that Chaco always uses somewhere in here. But it's like when you decentralized decentralized command, exactly. When you have, when you have a team of super highly capable individuals, Mm -hmm. this is where it's like, hey, we need a Dylan. We have to get from A to B. You and the team figure out how to get there. Check back in when you have the plan. I'll look it over and then, you know, we should be good to go. Because then, then when you do this, you're the, the subordinates, or in this case, yourself and the rest of the team, it's their plan. They are empowered now because it's their plan. It didn't come from me. It came mm-hmm. from you and the yeah. rest of your teammates. And because of that, you guys are going to perform to 110% because it's your plan. You guys thought so you take more pride. You take more pride in it, and then you're more inclined to sure. perform sure. it because, it's, because you came up with it. For sure. I mean, you could think of it's like ego. It's your ego, exactly. And as a leader, you don't sure you okay, the mission is accomplished and you get to be. You don't say, like, oh, I knew that, you know, this is really my plan because I wanted to get to be. No, you give them the success. Mm-hmm. You know, we we got to be because of you guys. This is your plan. You yeah. you know, you should be so confident in yourself that you don't need to take any credit for it because they're the ones putting in the work. They're the ones that came up with the plan. And ultimately yeah. they're the ones that put it into action. Yeah. And just thinking of this, this decentralized command, I can only like, my mind just keeps going back to like LeBron James is where like, he obviously knows as much as the coach. So it's like, it works like this is the opposite of autocratic. So I think it works like laissez-faire decentralized command works. Like you said, when the people are as highly skilled. Like they're very similar in terms of skill, knowledge, and, and these areas. So you can tell LeBron James or give him all that power that he's going to make these decisions and it's not right. necessarily coming for you. Our goal as a basketball coach may be like, obviously to win the game and do it this way, but I'm going to let LeBron and a few other of these guys bring us there. Right. You know, Messi, like I, I think a lot of these guys you know, sure. in terms kind of figure these things out in laissez-faire. Yeah. 
I mean, I just saw a quote. I'm forgetting the name of the coach now, but it was with the Brazil national team when you had Ronaldo, mm. Roberto Carlos, mm. Cafu, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the coach went into I the remember this. Room, yeah, 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 yeah. And he just I remember said, this. like, you guys just go out there and do what you know. I'll, I'll let you know if there's any changes. Yeah, you, that's like almost exactly. Don't, the you don't need to overcoach. The, like, it's so clear that they are incredible players and they know what they're mm-hmm. doing. Like, you don't have mm-hmm. to just say something just to mm-hmm. say something and make it feel like, oh, this was my idea. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is the ultimate show of like, you're super confident as a leader is totally having confidence in your subordinates to do, to, to get the result. I mean, the, as a leader, results matter. It matters yes. in the end, you have to get results. And you're so confident in their ability that as a leader, you're, you're going to take the total blame in this case. But you're allowing the best, you think the best decision in this case is just to let them do what they know how to do because they're so capable. They're such capable individuals or whatever it is, is that sometimes just take a back seat and let them do what they can do. You don't have to. So this is what I said in the beginning is like pick and choose your time to speak and Mm -hmm. offer advice or ideas because Mm -hmm. it's not always the case because you're in um, at a point of leadership that you always have to make the decisions or you always have to say something. Like sometimes there, you don't need to say anything, you know, like what yeah. about like after a loss, for example, you lose a game in a sport. Sometimes you, you don't have to say anything. The players themselves know what just happened. Mm. Like it's better. It's sometimes better to not say anything. Yeah. Because then it's like, especially if you know, if you know the players, if you exactly, know, your teammates. you know, you know, the people that you're dealing with, which just comes back to building relationships. You understand now. I'm going to put you on the spot again, Sean, because I feel like you're our leadership expert, obviously just, Oh, I want to come back to you, you though, but you read, uh, but, but you, I mean, you are the Jocko expert. You read all of these books. So everyone slide in Sean's DMS. If you have any questions about leadership, but one thing we actually didn't talk about pre-episode was conflict. So I want to ask you as a leader dealing with conflict, which ones do you think are the most important and which ones do you think like, you know, probably I shouldn't be touching these leadership styles. Elaborate on that. I don't really know what you mean. So you're dealing with conflict, right? There's a conflict in your team, Mm -hmm. either teammates are fighting or whatever it is. Now as the leader, you have to take that upon yourself a lot of the times to squash these things. Mm -hmm. So how are you squashing that? Which leadership technique are you using? And which one are you definitely not using? So I, th- I think in this case, it comes back to knowing who you, you have to have a relationship with everyone on your team and you mm. understand who you're dealing with. Okay. Like we can both, we know some examples. Sometimes the best way to deal with this conflict, just let them wrestle each other. Like let them physically it, hands off duke it out. Mass. I don't need to do anything. Yeah. And you know that afterwards, like everything's going to be straight or mm-hmm. sometimes like there's, People, maybe they're a little held back. They're, they're, they don't really say much, but you know there's a, a problem brewing. And at some point, it's going to explode. Like you could just nip it in the butt right away and get on okay. it. You could speak to both mm-hmm. of them. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think in this case, it's a little affiliative, like, right? Affiliative. Encouraging harmony, harmony, collaborative relationships. Right. Exactly. Or maybe First time ex- we mentioned the affiliative. Yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> explaining, explaining why, the, why the conflict is going to hurt the team, which is the okay. ultimate goal. Okay. Um, now, what about autocratic where you just say, hey, look, both of you shut the up. There's no reason. 
you're wrong. You're wrong. Get over it. Mm. Maybe in a few scenarios with the right guys. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I think, I think obviously, I mean, yeah, but you're, I mean, you're right. I think, I think I was looking for a little more specific answer, but you kind of turned where it was like, I think it just, I remember, I remember exact ones where it was like, you can't get in the way of two guys that have these egos and, and, and force your ego over them. Cause that's sometimes a leader, you need to do that. Right. Like your ego does need to come out because like an autocratic, you need to have an ego to be, to say, I know best mm-hmm. because sometimes that's just hundred percent needed. Right. But a lot of the times, like two big personalities, why create a third in that? That just yeah. creates more fire. Right. So let them, let them. It's almost know, like you're so push in this, each other for a little bit and then break it up, you know? So, so in this case, it's like, you know, lead from the front, but no, that's case you're leading from the back. You're kind of just monitoring Ooh. the situation. And yeah. letting them kind of figure it out themselves, or you can let other other teammates, maybe they're sort of involved, and you're just mm-hmm. making sure it's kind of under control in a way. I yeah. mean, we, yeah, yeah. We we've seen our fair share uh with the teams that we've been on together where it's like this was coming, and now that it happened, like this is better. It's a better situation now that it's happened, where from the outside, someone might see this like, oh, this is horrible. Like they they just fought in training or something and it's like actually everything has been better since then you know and it's like sometimes this just has to happen and it actually helps the whole team and now those those two individuals or those people you become closer because it's like yeah, yeah we have your best friends after these things yeah. exactly exactly and i mean it's definitely I think- different i think with men and women i think these types of conflicts are different obviously i'm i can only say i'm not an expert, but I know a lot more about how men can handle things where it's like, yes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you just got to fight it out. And then it's just like, you're good. Like we're straight. Yeah. And I can, can only, can I can only experience. I, yeah. But I've seen it. So I've seen it happen many, many times on many teams I've been in. And it's just like, it had to happen. And there's no reason for me to step in and say anything because like, this is their issue. And it's, it needs to be dealt with. But it's something that like what you said, for example, they have two huge egos. No one is going to tell them anything like they're not receptive to anything, any feedback from anyone. And Mm. it's like me trying to step in there is just like you're showing to other people that you're going to say something and you truly mean it. But then like if they don't listen, you're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like like you're losing losing respect of the others because of your battles you pick your battles exactly yeah you're expending and also like you're not you're not each other you're not the mom all the time yeah you know so you have to let these guys like you know just go at it for a little bit or something you know nothing crazy but you know fights fights at training i've always felt like they're you could feel that they're coming and so i think i'm only going to speak on on you know my experience with with male teammates is that when you feel these like emotions coming like this, like whether it's the anger or whatever it is, off field issues, you know, like little things getting under each other's skin, you just know that like ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it doesn't help. So what it just like, eventually it's going to come to the surface, let it happen. And then, like you said, it's better always after. Right. 
and it just like or it's catastrophic and the team is done forever but i've never <laughs> but it's never, never happened so i can't yeah. i can't say that that's happened and you hear about it all the time with professional athletes like this it's this is common oh there was a bus stop at training it, camp it happens all was, the time and the news yeah. will make a big deal of it but it's like this happens this happens all the time maybe it's not on i mean the what do you expect in the, inside, what do you expect like, in these things exactly you have many highly highly competitive people mm-hmm. fighting for the same thing and mm-hmm. you're competing every day with each other like eventually yeah. something's gonna happen yeah no it's, it's just i like that um what you said about lead from the back though, I think we could spend a minute on that. Just Mm -hmm. leading from the front, I think is great. I think both of us tend to lead from the front in terms of like more like I'm going to push myself the hardest in these fitness tests. Mm -hmm. I know the other day I actually felt kind of nice because we we walk up to do these 200 meter repeats. Right. And someone's like, there's two of us that go at the same time. Someone walks up and they're supposed to go with me and they go, Oh no, nine, 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 not Dylan. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You know, take a back seat. That's damn right. Damn yeah. right. Yeah. But exactly. I think I think it's also important to have those leaders from the back that may not be like the first in line in all of the fitness tests, but right. you respect them that you know that they're fit and you know that they're ready and you know that they're always putting mm-hmm. the work, but they're leading the guys in the back trying to push them. So yeah. it's like, you know, in those runs where there's like there's always a couple guys that are struggling. And maybe there's one guy who's a little fitter who kind of drops back, but he's there not to like, he's there just to help them bring it up just a little bit. Yeah. Like just push that level, that envelope sure. a little bit sure. just to show them that it's possible to, to be a little bit better. And it, and it shows- it's more tangible right. than like me and Sean, when we're, you know, two miles ahead, right. like that's it's- not always the best leader for a guy who's in the back. Right. You need, so that's, that's a perfect example. Like you're, you're running as a group. And you, you always have the people, which, which usually do tend to be us who want to just be in the front and just like beat everyone significantly. But like, yeah. there's a time and place where that's not a good thing. So for example, you, you take a step back and you go in the middle of the pack or you go at the end. So now what you did is now you created a new leader. So now someone new that usually wouldn't be mm, at the front. It's a good he point. Is now, he is now empowered because he's in the front. And now by you going to the back and running with whoever's back there, you're showing the first off that you care about them. It's not like you're just running and oh, I don't care about you. You're not like, you're not on my level, but you're showing that you care. You truly care about them. And the reason you care is because it's best for the team. If they push themselves. So once again, you're, you're building relationships. I and like that a lot allow for effective communication, because now that I did this with you, now the next run, I don't need to run next to you. Say you were the person in the back. I don't need to run next to you because you know, my expectations. I've already ran mm. with you and mm. tried to push you. And now the next time we're doing sprints, all, all I need to do is look at you. I don't have to say a word, but you yeah. just know what's expected, right? And now you've, I've built a relationship where I understand where you're coming from and you understand where I'm coming from, where you can just have effective communication, like you can do better, but you need to build the relationship in the first place to have that communication. It comes down to those relationships, doesn't it? I like, I mean, just even more on the decentralized is like, I think it is really nice to just show people that they have a little power. Like you step back and let someone else lead for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, the power in leading other people feels good a lot of the times because you feel it feels bigger than you. So a lot of the times you can skip out because it's like, oh, you know, I'm only hurting myself. But when it's like a team thing, 
there's more pressure on you to, or maybe not even more pressure. It's just like, all right, I got to do this for my, you I got to do this for my guys. It's not just me perform. counting on me. It's, it's other people counting on me. Exactly. It's not all I'm caring about is myself, but like now yeah. my performance is affecting the group. Yeah. So I have to now take my, I have to go up a level because I'm no longer just worrying about myself. Now everything I do is affecting the group. Um, Completely I think agree. this is kind of something that you can always do as a leader is like take every opportunity possible to allow them to make the decisions and take the lead on something. Like say they have an idea and it's sort of similar to your idea, maybe not as good in your mind, but it's pretty close. Like always, always defer to them. Like let them run with it because they're you think going- always. If I think if they're, if, if they're very close, say the two ideas in any situation are very similar to each other. And is it worth it for to me to just stomp, stomp my foot and say, no, we're doing it my way. And now you're going to lose this person or you let their idea go. And now all of a sudden that idea becomes better than yours. Or you can, as they're doing their idea, maybe make a suggestion, but it's still their idea. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So you're empowering them to take the lead. As a, I mean, as a leader, you can't do everything. If you're trying to do everything, like you just don't have enough time. Say you're the CEO of a company, you can't possibly do every job. No. Like at some point, you have to let people do it on their own and mm-hmm. totally trust their ability to, to perform at the level you want it to be. Maybe it yeah, didn't go exactly 100%. as you planned it, but while they're doing that, now you have the time to go do something else, which you yeah. never would have, been, would have been able to do if you tried to do every other job. Yeah. So I think it comes, 100%. It comes, it's like Jack always mentions the dichotomy of leadership. It's like the balance, the balance of leading as, you know, leading from the front or like taking a back seat and letting the people that are skilled, they're there and they're there for a reason, right? Whatever field it is, like these people have the ability, they were hired for the job because they have the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be here otherwise to like let them do their job. No one likes yeah. someone just breathing down your neck and telling you what to do all the time. No, like no, no one, no one likes that. That's like the nagging. No, that just mom. creates it's more just, stress than it just creates what's exactly. ever needed. It's not bringing any. It's not bringing the team up in a way. So how? So I think what we keep coming back to a lot of this is presence. Like your presence is very, very important in leadership. Both a strong presence, but also knowing when to just kind of have um, more of a ghost presence. Like you're there. You're you're monitoring. You're not right. overshadowing. You're not right behind. So like how, how important is, is using presence for you in terms of leading someone and, and getting them to follow your instructions? Hmm. All right. So I want to get into the fundamental rules of how to succeed as a new leader from Jocko. But before <laughs> that, I will answer your question because they tie into each other. I'm putting Sean on the spot today. I want to ask you some questions. Okay. So first, fair enough. I think presence it's like, so once again, lead by example, I'm, I'm showing you that I'm capable of whatever it is, of whatever skill it is. And that I'm also leading by example, like this is the bar I'm setting. Right. So that, that creates a presence, but now how else can you create a presence building relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding is speaking to someone like a human being while you're warming up, learning about them, right? This is creating a presence like, Oh, he's, he's a very nice guy. Or actually he listens like, Oh, I see where I know his background. I know where he grew Mm -hmm. up or something. Mm -hmm always mm-hmm. traveled here, here and here. Um, and then like, I mean, presence of course is like the ability, the ability to speak loudly, 
that's like just a very obvious presence. Yeah, that's an obvious some, one, but it is people, important. Some people lack that. And if you lack that, you can lead in other ways. You know, just because you can't speak loudly, at some points you have to yell loud. If you're on the opposite side of the field and you see something and you can't yell loudly, then, I mean, you can find out a way to get around that. But like at some point, someone needs the ability to do that. And if you, and there's you know, always silent leaders on teams too. That, silent leaders that you, you just know what you're going to get right. from, but they're not going to be the ones that are telling people what to do. They're right. just going to do their job. But I think yes. that's also important to have those too. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a way to create presence. Um, and I think presence is purely built on confidence. So, so this is where, this is where ego is important. So it's, it's like you've prepared so well. And I'm so confident mm -hmm. in my ability that I have the, I, you, I, there's a presence about me because I'm confident in what I can do and I'm capable of. So for example, on the field, we'll go back to sports. It's like, I'm capable of my ability. Number one, I'm also very confident in my understanding of the game tact, tact, like in tactic, tactics wise that like, mm. I'm tactically confident. was the word you were looking tactically, for. I was looking for It's like <laughs> someone else. <laughs> Um, that, so like, so for myself, I'm confident that I can play my game. I can do my job, but I can mm -hmm. also help others organize themselves and do their job. And I can also organize the team in a way where I think is going to benefit us to win. Yeah. And 100%. why? Because I'm extremely confident in my ability to one, mm -hmm. just play the game and my ability mm -hmm. to effectively communicate with my teammates. And mm -hmm. because I see the game that they don't. I'm behind them and I could see more than them. So yeah. I believe this is the right way to do it. Now, yeah. I've had leaders in the past on teams where in training, they're yelling and screaming. They're making a presence and they're yelling and they're always pushing people in a way. But then the whistle blows and game time happens and they're silent. They don't want the ball. They don't say anything. And that immediately you show this presence they created in training is just purely a facade yeah so that immediately it's like what nick spoke about in episode uh 44 is like you have the you have the the um the or sergeant whatever of the of the company that like is wearing shoes that he doesn't have to shine he's gonna tell everyone to do it and his shoes from afar look shined right but they're, plastic up, but they're plastic they don't yeah so it's like this. It's the practice what you preach. If you just if you just listen to training, you're like, oh, he's a leader. He's the one yelling. Yeah. He's the one bossing people around. But all of a sudden, when you look at the game and you watch, he's shying away. From, he's putting himself in a position where he's not going to get the ball, and he doesn't say anything. And then when you start losing, he doesn't say anything. He gets he he just hides. Or he's bitching. Or he's bitching. Right. Exactly. So as soon as as soon as things go wrong, he starts blaming other people. And like yeah. to me, that's the sign of like. That's the wrong presence to have. That's the opposite of what a leader should be. It's mm -hmm. like the more pressure the situation is, the more you should be stepping up. So, like, so that fake, that fake leadership. Yes, I mean, people fake can leadership. See, people can see right through it. Yeah, I, you can. I feel like you can really. Is, you can get that. You can smell it from a mile away. Fake exactly. leaders. Everyone can see it. I mean, because it's if you're not doing it in battle, if you're not doing it on the field, if yeah. you're not doing it you know, when it's important, right. Then you, you should never talk when it's not important because everyone can talk when it's not important. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you should, you should listen more than when it's right. not important. 
because you're not ready to lead. You're not ready to be that leader. Right. So, I mean, let's go into this. Adil, what about you? You as a leader. You're what about me? I, yeah, I see you as a leader. You obviously were a leader at Oneonta. I've played with you on many teams now. I think mm-hmm. our styles are different, but we also share a lot of traits. Um, mm-hmm. and, and if you're looking at these styles. So how would yeah. you describe yourself? Or your Honestly, approach to I, leadership? I think to an extent I'm pace setting, but I, I believe just because people know that I'm leading by example, where I'm like one of the first ones in, I'm a lot, one of the last ones to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put in that work. And in the game, I'm going to run the most. I'm going to leave everything on the field. So I think that level of pace setting, um, I'm also encouraging guys to try and do the same. I don't know. I don't think I have such a strong presence as like, wow, that guy's a leader. You know, I never really mm-hmm. felt as myself as that guy, but I do feel like I'm a leader in terms of where I can be one of the guys that you come to with anything. Right. I think, I think I've one thing that I take some pride in is I think I'm very emotionally intelligent where mm-hmm. I can be empathetic to guys and I can, I can see what, what, ticks and guys and i can see what times guys need and i can see um you know what guys don't need right now i don't think like i'm not i'm not going to be the one that's like the most vocal on the field i think a lot of the times i'm trying to pick my times so i would say i am i am strategic and when i use my voice because i know like i mean there's a lot of things involved in being a leader being a smaller guy being like not the most loud projecting voice, mm-hmm. you know, the baby face, these, these are things that like, <laughs> they are not like the biggest traits for a leader. And I don't mean like you can't be a leader with in, being in a the, smaller guy and right. being an attacking player, but like, mm-hmm. I just know myself and I know how people may see me and I know it's better to use my voice and my leadership in pockets than to be like the guy, you know? Yeah. So I'm a lot of the times it's off the field stuff, but on the field, I think it's something I've worked on is that I've had to become much more positive. I think I've been a little too negative as a leader in the past where I'm too often focused on mistakes that other guys have made. But I think a lot of the times, like, like Sean, when I, when we played together and you'd be like, Dylan, switch on. Like, I think that's much different than like, expl- than like kind of more so bitching at someone right. that they didn't do something right. But being this- like, come on, you know, right. like the cl- right. classic, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I don't think that works with anyone. No, it doesn't. Like I, there's not, maybe there's a few guys, but I, that can't work with people. No one can no. be motivated by someone bitching at them. Right. No one. Yeah. That's no, just I, crazy I- to me. I definitely would say like you, the pace setting is like your go-to, but you're also like a coach. Like you said, it's a lot of it's off the field, but when you do Mm. say something in the game, it's like kind of listen to what you're saying. Like you pick and choose your times and you speak when you do, I mean, you're highly competitive. So I think like you said, maybe at Oneonta, you were kind of like Jordan in a way where it's like some people got rubbed the wrong way because you were super competitive and super critical. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Okay, maybe at and same for me, which I've definitely worked on. It's like it's not gonna help to bitch this person out because of the mistake they made. Mm-hmm. Like you need to figure out a way to get him to either stop making the same mistake or help him maybe in some way where the team will win because of it. Like yeah. singling him out is only gonna make it worse. 
And like, I guess when you're doing that, it's like you're rubbing your ego in a way. It's like, I'm better than him. He's doing it wrong. So I'm going to bitch at him. I mean, we, we've had teammates in the past that like do this to the extreme. And it's like, that is the worst type of person. The worst and well, it's the worst type of it's a worst type worst type of leader too. Yeah, yeah. Like so. everyone on the team, everyone on the team is a leader in some regard, in some level. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to have the ca- captain's armband. Like a lot of the times, of course. A, lo- a lot of the guys follow other people. Right. Strong personalities, people right. who you know are cool and like you know these these guys get followed a lot of the times. So each one of them has to understand that they play a role in this. And that people, especially younger people, are very susceptible. And yeah, I mean, it was one thing I learned. I just think being too overly critical in terms of where we come off as complainy, like that's obviously right. not a word, but you know what I mean. Like but, whiny. Mm-hmm. Like whiny. Yeah. Like I think I think it has to be it has to be more productive than that. And that's something that I've learned, um, especially post-college, was and maybe in the in, in the latter years of college too, because like I mean, we're, none of us, none of us are that much better than any of our teammates. Like, I think Jordan is that exception because he was like, I mean, he was, he was an alien. Right. So people didn't want to let him down because he was like bigger than the game, you mm-hmm. know? And even his teammates, like they said these kind of things, but like, you know, us at Oneonta, everyone is, especially the starting 11s, like we were all at the same level. Right. You know, I may have gotten a few more accolades, but I never thought I was better than like the people on our team. I thought mm-hmm. we were all like, holy shit, we're really good. So like the complainingness doesn't, it doesn't hold up in that atmosphere at all. Right. It right. should be, it should be much more like just knowing guys, Dylan, mm-hmm. switch on, you know, right. easy one, but that works. I t- I've told Sean, Sean knows me like that, like in so- that it's kind of like, all right, let's like, what am I doing? Wake the fuck up. Right. And like, it's a conversation I have with myself. But this is this has become because we have a great relationship. Like for sure. I've you known know you for, too. for a long time where I know that like and you the same to me, like just say it as it is. What do you mm-hmm. see? Tell me what I should be doing better or what I'm not doing. And like just say it. Like you don't have to be smooth about it. Like I know I can speak to you super direct and you should do the same to me. And it's like because we've had this relationship for a long time. And if you can it get almost to know all your teammates in this way, yeah. you figure out how you can communicate with them. Some are going to be very direct and some not at all. So don't even say anything to them because they're mm. not receptive to it, but you can just encourage them. And this is a way to kind of get them back in the game. You know, it's, but I think it should be known that you don't have to have like the relationship that we do off the field to know someone and what makes them tick. Like, I think that helps a lot mm-hmm. knowing this, like I know you, Sean, you almost are more susceptible to criticism, not susceptible. That's the wrong word. You're more encouraged by criticism where right. like I've said some, some things to you at halftime before. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, you, a thing that you say a lot is like, all right, what do you see? Give it to me. And I'll say some right. things and you'll be like, all right, cool. And then you'll come out with an approach where you're working harder already from the get go right. and working on either. It's one thing that I said that you, mm-hmm either agreed with or disagreed with, but either way, it's like bringing a new right. energy. Right. So it's knowing, it's really knowing what makes people tick. I think that is right. exactly maybe the biggest takeaway from leadership mm-hmm. is knowing the people you're leading and how to get the best out of them. hundred percent. I totally agree. Let me, I, I think 
this is a perfect time to read these rules that Jocko wrote out because everything Love we it. spoke about, it's kind of in here. And I think we could then mm -hmm. relate it back to everything we spoke about. So just go Hit through them with it. So this number is the fundamental rules on how to succeed as a new leader, correct? Yes. Cool. So number one, be humble. It is an honor to be in a leadership position. Your team is counting on you to make the right decisions. Number two, don't act like you know everything. You don't. The team knows that. Ask smart questions. Number three, mm -hmm. listen, ask for advice and heed it. Number four, treat people with respect. Regardless of rank, everyone is a human being and plays an important role in the team. Treat them that way. Take care of your people and they will take care of you. Number five, take ownership of failures and mistakes. Six, pass credit for success up and down the chain of command. Seven, work hard. As a leader, you should be working harder than anyone else on the team. No job is beneath you. I'm going to come back to that point from our last episode. Mm, Eight, I have some on that too. Have integrity. Do what you say, say what you do. Don't lie up or down the chain of command. Number nine, be balanced. Extreme actions and opinions are usually not good. 10, be decisive. When the time to make a decision, make one. Mm. That's kind of the dictator in that's, that regard. That's autocratic, yeah. 11, build relationships. That is your main goal as a leader. A team is a group wow. of people who have relationships and trust one another. Otherwise, it is just a disconnected, incoherent cluster of people. 12, mm -hmm. lastly, get the job done. That is the purpose of a leader to lead a team in accomplishing a mission. If you don't accomplish the mm -hmm. mission, you fail as a leader performance counts so coming back to these number eight have integrity number seven work hard as a leader you should be working harder than anyone else on the team no job is beneath you speaking with dennis crowley and dan hafe at stockade dennis crowley Ooh, yeah. super successful as as a tech startup created a huge company now created a football club but he's also the chief t-shirt folder selling yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. no yeah. job is beneath him right he's going to work harder than everyone there and he's also going to do the job that no one wants to do. Yeah. Like that, that is a, that is a good leader. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to clean the floor. So I'm going to stay after and clean the locker room because. That's what I was going to say is I, I don't know if you've read, I think you did the all blacks, the New Zealand rugby team. I, I have it over there, but I haven't finished it. So one, one thing that they really touch on, it's a great book. Uh, yeah. I can't, is there a specific name to it? I just know it as like the all blacks book, the New Zealand uh, rugby team. Let me just get it quick. It's right there. Okay. You can keep talking to the people. I'll keep talking to the people. Wow, Sean's gone. My podcast now. Um, this is weird. <laughs> the book's all I I know that I don't have a solo career, Sean. I, I choked. <laughs> it's called, uh, I don't know if the green scene, you'll see it, but it's called Legacy by James Kerr, what the All Blacks can teach us about the business of life. So essentially one big thing that they touch on is this culture that they've, that they've grown and that they've built is where like they clean up everything. They're cleaning their boots. They're cleaning the locker rooms. They're cleaning everything. There's no guy that's, you know, coming in after and, and doing these things. And if there is, they're making sure that he has little to no work to do, especially like, you know, it, it's very simple. It's like those little tasks one. So, you know, throwing your stuff away. I mean, it's as basic as that, but it's like doing the jobs that no one wants to do and doing and no job is beneath you. Right. So and it's not I'm walking it. around. I'm the captain. You do this, you do that. Exactly. No, like you do it first. And then all the other people will do that. Like class, classic example, you're the captain. So you're going to tell everyone else to pick up the cones and pick up, clean up the ball, get all, collect all the balls. No, you do it. Mm -hmm. Like, that, yeah, that's yeah, just yeah, yeah. because you're if you're in this leadership role that means you have even more responsibility 100%. and like with the all blacks like they are no that's first off it's humility so just because you're on one of the best rugby teams ever doesn't mean that you can't mop the floors after training 
and make sure everything's squared away. And it's also like just discipline. Discipline equals freedom. Like this, this is how we run our team. You're going to do every job regardless of what it is. And you're going to do it to the best of your ability. And that's Mm -hmm. how we, that's how we're going to perform. And it's just setting standards. Um, I like number two, don't act like you know everything. You don't. The team knows that. Ask smart questions. I've been on teams with coaches or leaders, mm-hmm. captains, where they just start talking. You're like, dude, you're talking out your ass. Like, no. Like, we're all looking around like, mm, like this, this can't People, be it. It's just a facade. You don't, you don't always have to know the right answer. I have like, a funny thing. This is like kind of crazy. So in Australia, um, luckily it never materialized. But there was like the father of one of the, of the players, I believe. Okay. I'm going to tell it more general because I don't want to, I don't want it to be like, I'm lying. I'm not, this is like, there's, there's truth in this. I can't remember if this happened while I was there, if they told me this story beforehand, but there was a parent involved who was like kind of a legend within the club. And he saw like that, the left side of one game, like it was completely, like we were dominating our team in years past was dominating on the left side. So what he wanted to do was stack the left side. And he said that we should put like a left back or whatever, the outside back out two outside mids and a winger. So there's four people on the wing. (laughs) And I can only imagine people were like, dude, that's not how it works. Like, the left right. side's open, so let's put, put 10 over there. That's not how it works, man. Right. We can understand that you're talking out of your ass. Right. And then, I mean, let's stay in Australia, like at a job, at a factory. Like you, Just because oh. you are the foreman of the factory doesn't mean you know how to work the machines as, as well as the people working those. Or if you're a foreman on a construction site, you don't know how to lay bricks like Dilly Boy here as well as Dill can lay bricks, you know? And it's like... <laughs> you don't know. You can... It's it's you'll earn more respect by going up to them and actually asking how do you do this? Like yeah, I have an ask. understanding of this, but please mm-hmm. show me how do you do this? How yeah. how do you lay a brick properly? How do you work this machine? And it's like they they're not gonna respect you less because you don't know. Now there are going to be some people that say, Oh, Sean's an idiot, he doesn't know how to do this. And that's person, what is that? That's just their ego flaring up. And maybe that's someone that you have to keep an eye out for. And maybe someone you don't ask those things. But if you show to the rest of the people what you're doing, you actually care to learn whatever their, their expertise is. Like Nick was talking about the crane. I don't know how to work this crane. I'm going to read about it all night. And I'm going to tell them, listen, I don't really know so much about this. I read the whole manual. But like, can you explain explain to me how this works? Yeah. And like, they're not going to disrespect you because you don't understand. But now it's like, oh, he has the humility to say, I don't know this. Can you please teach me? Despite him having a, a higher role or higher in the chain of command as you. It's I like think a lot of times, Go ahead. especially in like business roles, maybe not so much in, in, in football or in sports, mm-hmm. maybe in some sports. But I think a lot of the times, if you have a higher rank, you're, you're a bit more general. So in terms of people below you, they may be more specialized in certain areas. Right. This just happens, like especially in this crane thing. This will happen in businesses where he's overseen or she's overseen this the project and she knows like what the goal is, but you may know how to do the specific thing. Right. So I think it's very important not to just like delegate without knowing anything about it and to ask questions. 
because right. that shows like, yes, I'm leading you, but I want to know exactly what, like, what, or what is the main things that I need to know about what you're doing so I can understand how to help you or I can understand how to get out of your way. Right. Yes, exactly. Like, I don't think there's anything worse than a boss that's just telling you, do this, do that, do this. Why isn't this done without having any knowledge? Like, wow, that can't be done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, why, why isn't this project done? I gave it to you a week ago. Well, this is like three weeks worth of work, but you didn't right. care to, to ask questions about it. You just are cared about the goal. Right, right. It's, about, it's not about the goal. It's about the process, the direction. That's, that's damn right. And it's kind of about the results too, but it is hundred um, percent. And then number five, we've, we've talked about this a thousand times, extreme ownership. Extreme ownership. And we'll just talk about it again. If you are in any leadership role, <laughs> everything that happens underneath you is your fault. It, it always comes back to you. And you could always say, yes, this person made a mistake. It's my fault, but this person made a really stupid mistake. Well, if you were a good leader, first off, you would have seen that apostle's mistake would happen. And you've kind of, before it even gets close to happening, you correct it, number one, or maybe you didn't train this person well enough. And they didn't really fully understand what they were doing. And they made this mistake. And if you can, I mean, the book Extreme Ownership is a, is a great read for anyone by Josh. Should 100% read it. If you can really fully understand this, it like makes your life just a thousand times better and makes whatever team you're involved with, whatever company you're involved with, just a more successful and resilient company. I find I, I, I bring extreme ownership out a lot because I think it's one thing that's helped me one of the ideas that's helped me the most, especially in this journey and being alone and all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have difficulty like coming to the same conclusions from this concept as you or I do. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people take it a little too seriously. Like, no, that, obviously that was his fault. Obviously that was her fault, but that's not the point of it. The point of it is that you can always get better and you can always learn yes. every opportunity. Yes. Every failure is just an opportunity to learn. So if you're thinking about it as just, you know, two plus two equals four. Yeah. I mean, probably it wasn't your fault because you did this and this person should have done this and they knew that they had to do this and their character flaws may have gotten in the way, but that's not the point of it. But that's your ego that, talking. That's your ego talking. And that's just always, that's a dangerous road because then it's just deferring blame and you're not taking something from the situation. What All you're right. taking is he's not good enough or she's not good enough. When every situation you can take from, I can get better at the situation. I could have right. done this next time and I can be an even better leader. I can exactly. be an even better teammate. Now, I think a lot of people, one of the reasons maybe they have difficulty with this is because it's like a, it, people often take it as too much of a self-judgment. Like, oh, it's my fault. And that can mm -hmm. be kind of hard for people to swallow, especially when it is like, totally completely entire your fault and everything rested on you you missed mm -hmm. the last shot but it's like it, it's it's that's it, being scared of failure which people always are mm -hmm. and once once you're not afraid like what can you accomplish we right. come back to different versions of that quote too like the, the sky really is the limit when you see failure and you see it's that black box thinking another book that people should read is when you see that failure it's a good thing because that's just an learn. opportunity to get better. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, you, I was thinking the yeah, exact Mike thing. Drop that bitch. Yeah. 
film really though it's expensive mic <laughs> yeah um no exactly every like the idea of oh it really was i'm gonna take ownership but it really was her fault like you're the thinking is already wrong it's like at some point along the way because i'm in a leadership a leadership role in this case at some point i could have done something better mm -hmm. that and that would have prevented this from ever happening Mm -hmm. So there's always something in every possible situation because if there's mistakes are always going to happen. There's something you can learn and improve on. So like this for me, for us, that's like the most amazing thing because that means there's something we can always get better at. It's like there's an... But it's getting to this line of thinking. This is, the, I don't right. think, for me, this wasn't just like, but after this book is like really when I started to implement it and I saw the effects that it could have right. and I saw just the line of thinking to take it on me. You you get less mad and you get less emotional about things and you just get more like driven. You have more determination. Right. And it's just more like just, uh, you just become more in love with the process right. because if you're constantly pointing fingers, like it's just, that is not, like, that's not a life you want to live. That's not a mindset that you want to have throughout a day right. where everything and is someone else's fault. And it's like, you're just, you're losing control of your life in a way. It's like, mm -hmm, oh, it's mm -hmm. just because they can't perform to the level I expect them to perform. Well, it's like, well, you can do something. You can be a better leader. You can figure out what makes them tick, build a better relationship with them to get them to perform where you want them to. And along the way, you're just learning as whatever it is, as an athlete, as a person, how to speak to people, how to get them to, to work towards a common goal, whatever you're looking for. And at the same time, there's just an infinite amount of things you can learn from. Like the, the best example is like when you make a mistake in training or whatever, and then it leads to a goal. Even though it was two minutes ago, I'm like, oh, well, I could have, I could have played this pass and that wouldn't have happened. Now, someone else might not even see that, right? But in my head, that's what I'm thinking. This goal happened because I made a mistake two minutes ago. I could have done something a little better. So next time I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it this way. Right. So everything, every time something goes wrong with my team, wherever it is, there's at one point I made a decision that could have been better. So then I'm going to just learn from that and make a better decision the next time. So it's like, I think with this, I everything. think with this though, it's important not to, not to completely be swallowed in that though, where like you said, you mentioned like this happened. And then two minutes later, I'm thinking this, mm -hmm. I think this, that's a tight, line that you can walk where you have to find that balance like you shouldn't you shouldn't just be thinking about what you did wrong like you should sure, just be thinking I, I you should be taking those things on the chin in the next play where i think but it can't it's, like it's important it's not, to have the short-term memory thinking about rather i'm not thinking about it and dwelling on it it's just simply mm. like oh tick like noted got it noted next that's, time that's next exactly time how to say i should yeah. take my first touch in this direction noted yeah and yeah. you keep moving. I'm not saying oh, I made a mistake. Like, I can't believe I did no, that. No no, 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 that's it's not. It's it's literally 0.1 seconds. Like, oh, I got it noted. Like, yeah, 100%. And then you just keep going, getting after it. Like it's your performance doesn't in, in, in any in this case, your performance is rising. It's like, oh, now I know I know a little more than I did two seconds ago. Yeah, because I could do I now can I know the right decision in this case. I mean, sports or I mean, sports in general, it's just like a million decisions that you make and you hope you make more right decisions than wrong ones, but you're always going to make a wrong, wrong decision because there's a yeah. better decision that you could have made. 
Yeah. And if your ability to just take note those and remember those and ingrain those in yourself to then perform that same thing in the future, I mean, that's how you become a better player. Yeah, completely agree. Consistently making good decisions. One of my favorite memories with extreme ownership is that me, you, and Tevin, uh, Tevin is our, one of our friends here who we've been dying to get on the podcast. So hopefully soon, but if anyone's ever seen that Spider-Man meme where it's like the two Spider-Man are pointing at each other and they're exactly the same, there was one thing that was completely like irrelevant. It just didn't have much importance to it, but we all like raised their hand and was like, no, it's my fault. No, it's my fault. No, it's my fault. And we all just looked at each other like, uh, I see I what see you're, what you're doing, doing there. <laughs> yeah. Like we yeah. all read extreme ownership. Yeah. No, it's important. Exactly. And, and it's, it's like, then it it's almost makes the group better now because mm-hmm. everyone's looking at it from the same direction. Like just making a note. Yeah. Could have did it. Could have, could have did it better, but like, we're going to keep moving forward. Yeah. As, as work would say, right. Ooh. It's just noted, keep moving forward and then do better the next time. I mean, come on man keep learning keep moving forward right who made that up i don't know who how did we make that up anyway pretty i think that was just like it sticks and every time to I, be honest, I, I think that's i think that's in my journal somewhere i think we just wrote it yeah i don't know but like i hear those i keep moving forward and keep learning whenever i hear those in a podcast or anything i'm like ah should get still, them trademarked huh they still are on footwork yeah, still, they, people are buying. Yes, but man, leaders, they, we could go on for days about this. Um, yeah, I have no, I have no idea how long this was, but that's that's all I have on leaders. Actually, I, I have agree. more, but I think that's a for me that's should, a good place cut to it wrap off it. There, I agree. So uh, keep plugging and passing. You're doing a great job with that. We're definitely um, Sean's plugging and passing German out here too. Yeah. I hope you guys had a good laugh at that. Um, Keep an eye out. Also, we have finally done a bridge podcast with our buddy Brendan over at 11 in the pod. And uh, that's coming out the same day as this. So March 29th, um, that will be out. Check that out over there. Um, Anything else? Yeah, great conversation with him. Check out his podcast too. Very Um, good. Yeah, similar, similar paths, trying to make our own dream chasing. You know, a lot of similar things, but different experiences. So, exactly. yeah, I mean, from us, that's all we got, baby. All right. So until next time, keep learning. <laughs> oh, my God, you did it again. <laughs> oh, that one was on purpose. That one was on purpose. That one was on purpose, 100%. You, you guys can let us know. Leave us a review and let us know. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you think Dylan was serious there or not. Because this is now the third time. Fourth, that was on purpose. Oh man, I can't even joke anymore. How do I reach these kids? So, (laughs) so, until next time, keep moving forward, keep learning, and make your own path. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves, also, Kung Fitness and Merchant Designs, baby. Follow us on Instagram at footwork underscore podcast, Twitter is at footwork podcast. YouTube and Facebook, just check out Footwork Podcast, search it. Email us if you need anything, any questions at footworkpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, plug, plug, pass. Tell your parents, Amazon delivery guy, mailman, I don't know who, just tell them. Like, subscribe, review, all of it helps. Danke.